back to the DH Basics Podcast. Today's guest is Amanda Zubricki. Amanda graduated from Northern Virginia Community College in 2017 with her dental hygiene degree. Amanda was born profoundly deaf, and she is the operator of a nonprofit called That Deaf RDH. I'll have her website information in the show notes, and I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Thank you for listening. Hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me. It's so nice to meet you, and I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast today. And we're going to just get started with a pretty easy question. I will just have you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey leading up to dental hygiene school. Okay, so my name is Amanda. I guess my journey to hygiene school has been kind of unconventional I guess because my life took me different places after high school I decided I wanted to pursue again because I had been against it all of my life and then I went to school got into the dance program and then I was kind of like this isn't working out for me so I changed my major three times ended up with psychology <laughs> but I ended up graduating sooner than I thought, despite all of the major changes that I did. And I did almost finish with a minor in biology, but I didn't feel like finishing that. So I just ended up having some Spanish courses and uh, psychology. And I had a goal to go to grad school for occupational therapy. After college, you know, I got a job working with kids with disabilities and I just, I did that for about a year and a half. I met my husband and then I was kind of like, you know, let's explore, let's travel, let's, you know, do all kinds of things. In the meantime, I went back to school for massage therapy, which was kind of a, a goal I had growing up, you know, just to learn about the body. You know, after I just started, I really wanted to have a career where I could be with the patient with on a one-on-one emphasis in a smaller environment, but like in the healthcare field. Because as a deaf person, I just prefer it that way because I feel more in control of my myself and my environment surroundings so it's really important to make sense of that so that you can be able to do your job so that was something I did I applied to the program and it took me three years even though I, during that time I retook some like science courses and you know I, I was trying to like give myself a boost I went back to school for a general session I was trying to, you know, do all kinds of things. Cause I don't know why I was like really like vying for the general hygiene profession for some reason. Like I thought, you know, why not? I, um, I kept, I kept getting rejected and I thought, no, I'm going, actually, let me take that back. I, I connected with a friend who got rejected at the same time, but she had gotten in because she wrote a letter of appeal. And I thought, what a great idea. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like, I, I did everything that I needed to do on the application. 
you know, I, I, re- I retook all the courses. I have my general assisting experiences. I have, like, everything. I had a degree. I was like, what could they possibly not want me in the program for? So I decided to try, you know, give it a shot. So I did, and it wasn't until, like, almost towards the end of summer, I got into the program. And then, like, a week later, we had orientation. So I had to drop everything in my life and get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I connected with this friend again. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I guess we're in the same program again. So, I mean, thank you for your help. Like, you, like, helped me get into the program. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have never heard of an appeal before. And... I would never think about that because especially if you've applied multiple times and you know that you have all of the qualifications, the question is what, what more can you want, you know? And really, I think that's a great way to advocate for yourself, especially if you have applied multiple times, the worst thing they can do is say, sorry, no, but the best thing that can happen is that you start the hygiene program. So that's great. Yeah. Even the program didn't even have a wait list and I would be kind of like curious, like what? maybe they did but they didn't advertise it so I don't know that's really interesting (laughs) yeah so you got into the program and then was it a two-year program yes it was a two-year program the first year it went through the summer because we had summer courses and then you know another two semesters after that and then we were gone so it was an associate program because I had a a bachelor's degree and I do a penny off these loans, I was kind of like, you know, I just kind of don't really want to spend the money. But I also knew that if I wanted to, I can pursue like a bachelor's or a master's online. So I had something to back me up in a way. So you completed your hygiene program. And then what have you been up to since you graduated? I, oh my gosh. Since I graduated, we moved everywhere. It was surreal. Like we, we bought a couple of houses since I graduated. We moved to Dallas. So I also had my license in Dallas. Mind you, I graduated in Virginia and then we moved to Dallas, Texas. I, we were there for maybe three years. We went through the pandemic. We grew a family there. We have three little girls, under three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think from there, we just decided to pack up and move to Raleigh, where he was back with the company, my husband. And it was just something that, you know, we, we've been here for a year and we fell in love with it. And now, I think it's probably our fourth house. So now, now that I'm in Raleigh, I can like actually like focus on like my other passion where I wanted to help patients with TMJ disorder because I'm sorry, as a, um, a former massage therapist, I just started to reinstate my lensing. So I'm in the process of doing that and hopefully, you know, from there, I can start helping patients with TMJ disorder, but also do my functional therapy at the same time to help patients with, you know, airways, sleep disorders, breathing, things like that. And I feel like all of these things align 
It must be weird because I feel like everything that I've done has led me up to this point, you know? It's just weird, like, you just, like, kind of, like, explore, but you just don't know what what's going to happen. And you kind of, like, discover yourself and you just let it be and then it will come to you. And I think it works like that. So it's kind of nice. I agree with you. Sometimes I think if you just trust the process and follow the path, it takes you exactly where you're supposed to end up. If you end up listening to my story about myself on the podcast, I talk about how I was, I initially applied to dental hygiene school. I didn't get accepted. I decided I was going to go back, finish my bachelor's and I applied to dental school and I applied to dental school three times and I didn't get accepted. And so in that time, I thought I'm just going to go to dental hygiene school. I'm going to try and apply again because I just want to do dentistry, you know, and I need a stepping stone. So I applied again and got in thankfully. And so when I got into hygiene school, I was honestly, I was thanking God that I did not get into dental school because this is where I was supposed to be the whole time. I just took the longest path to get there. I completely understand what it's like to go through all of that. Yeah. You got, you know, give it up to the universe, let them tell you where to go, and then it just happens. Some things take longer than it should. Maybe some things will take longer than it's supposed to, but it's it's weird how luck works that way. I agree. So this entire time through all of your moves, have you been working as a clinical hygienist in a dental office? Yes. Okay. Like a clinical hygienist. In a general dentistry office, but I've also was in like a functional office where it would um work the word holistic. Oh. So like they they had like fluoride free, they had myofunctional therapy, they had um other work, they removed amalgam. It was like a really cool office. So I had a really cool different experience with that. And then you know I work in general dentistry and. It was like a very cool experience. Nice. And then during that time, you started your nonprofit, right? Could you tell us a little about that? I did. So while I was in Texas, I I just had my baby and we were in the middle of the pandemic. And honestly, life before the pandemic, I, I did have my struggles. I could get patient, but... It, it got so bad when the pandemic hit because everybody was covered up. Nobody was communicating with me. Like they refused to remove their mask or put, you know, clear coverings on or, or anything. Like it was a time where I felt like I could not be myself. I'm like getting really emotional just talking about this because I never want to go through that again. And it went on for so long. I remember I sat there thinking about, like, there's never going to be a deaf hygienist out there. There's never going to be a deaf dental student, you know. Like, nobody is going to be into the healthcare program any type because of the pandemic. And we need to address that. We need to do something about this because everybody's going to keep covering themselves up. And nobody's going to be thinking about the patients who are deaf or hard of hearing and... We need to advocate for them, and like there, there has to be something that we can do about it. And so, I sat down on a Zoom call with a friend, and I was kind of like, I feel like this is something that I should be doing. I feel like 
I need to start a nonprofit, encourage more Dapper Hugger parents to raise awareness, you know, do some consulting work for the program because not many people know how to interact with Dapper Hugger parents. Nobody knows how to provide the inclusion, provide the accessibility that we need, you know, interpreters, blood pressure cough. Could we, we can use the automatic ones instead of the septic group. And at the time, we didn't have clear mark, but now we do, and we, we can provide those. I think it's really important to implement all of these strategies to help students thrive. So I decided to start like a fundraiser to raise some money, and then hopefully every year, maybe a gap of parents student will graduate with a, you know, a general hygiene degree. They can apply for a scholarship with the nonprofit to help them with their, you know, loops, their scrubs, burger games, school supplies, all kinds of things. And it's just a way for me to give back and let them know that we're here for them. I think that's so great. And what a motivation and inspiration to students out there who might feel that they have a barrier such as that, that they have to overcome, but to know that there's people who have done it, first of all, and who are kind of in their corner there to support them and back them up. I just think that people hearing this are going to feel really motivated to to continue to pursue what they want to because you can overcome anything, you can figure it out, and there are resources out there to help you. So I love that. I think that's so amazing. Thank you for starting that. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, to self-advocate, like stand up for yourself. And even if you don't have a disability, it's really important to just go for it and just kind of know that you can do it. It's like, you know, some people kind of need that push to do what they want to do. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you're ready, I'm going to dive into some of these rapid fire questions about your application process or your admissions process into dental hygiene school. Okay. So the first question I have is what was your GPA when you applied to dental hygiene school? I believe it was 3.6 when I applied to the hygiene program. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. And so you already had a prior degree in psychology and then you had a massage therapy license and you mentioned that you had some dental assisting experience. Did you go to dental assisting school or did you just get a job in an office? I I did. It was like a a kindness program to train and help you become, you know, like a better dental assistant. So but I get, it did help me get a job and it did help me get into the program. So, yeah, I did the same thing. I did a 10 week one too. I was <laughs> like, I just need to get my foot in the door and then I'll be the best worker you've ever seen. I just need to get hired. So okay. there you go. great. And so what dental hygiene schools did you apply to? Northern Virginia Community College. Okay. So just the one. Awesome. Yeah. And you said you applied two times. Is that right? Or three times? I applied three times, I think three times, and I got a subcode the third time. Okay. And so that was an associate's program, and you mentioned that, you know, you part of that that went into it is you already had a bachelor's. So did you know the difference between the associates and the bachelor's? Did you have an option between the two in your state, or you just kind of went with the associates because it was... I think it was just a money issue. Like, I, I just didn't feel like spending more money on a bachelor's degree. 
because I knew how expensive the hygiene program is alone. And I just felt like they're working, to, to get into the clinical industry, they're working really much more money with the bachelor's degree and a master's degree. So, I mean, it does help you have room to grow, but ultimately I just decided to go for my associate, you know, and I can, you know, go back to school for my master's, so. Nice. And then how old were you when you got accepted? If you don't mind sharing. I hate asking people that. No, I I think I was 33. 33? Okay, great. So yeah, you were our oldest so far, even though 33 is not old, but that's the oldest that I had. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I take that back. I was 28 when I got into the program. And I'm sorry, I was thinking I had my baby. (laughs) 25. Sorry. Like, uh, it's 28. So I got into the program when I was 28 and I graduated when I was 30. Okay. And do you remember how many students were in your class? I think we started with 31 and we lost three. Okay. So we graduated with 28. Okay. You mentioned you went with the associates because of some of the cost differences. Yeah. Did you, how did you pay for dental hygiene school? I had a student loan. I applied for what what you could call it, FASCOT or something. And um, yeah, I I, I got a student loan and I was also working as a massage therapist in my free time to help pay, you know, for some of the cost. Plus my husband was very, very supportive of my clergy and guidance. So it was really, really helpful. Okay. What do you feel like was the most difficult part of the admissions process? I think it was the waiting and the not knowing because as a deaf person, I felt like, you know, how am I going to teach them to be inclusive to me? But it ended up working out once I got into the program because we we sat down together at program organizing and it ended up working out. But I think in my mind, the hardest part was self-doubt, like knowing that you may not be good enough for the program because of your disability. Yeah. So if you had a student that you were talking to that was maybe going through the same thing, what kind of advice would you give them? Give yourself some grace. Your time will come. Never give up. I think that's great advice. Short, simple, to the point. Once you got into dental hygiene school, what did you think was the most difficult part? The massive load of information. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it is, I was not ready for it. I almost failed my first semester and I, I was like so close to dropping out. And then somehow my mindset, my second semester, my grades went up, my mood went up. I think it was everything happening so fast at once. Yeah. That's a common recurring response. I think everyone remembers how it feels, that, especially that first semester, because everything <laughs> coming at you from so many different angles and you know that this is going to be your career. So you feel that pressure, right? To, to get it right. I find that a lot of my students feel that way. They don't want to do poorly or, you know, obviously most hygienists, we want all A's because we're very you know, type A personality, but I find that that pressure of knowing that this is your career and wanting to get it right. And then all of a sudden you have all of this information. It gets very overwhelming for, I think everyone. So that, that would make sense. 
Do you have any advice for the students who are in the program or in a dental hygiene program right now or are about to start to kind of deal with that overload of information? I think we, we you guys should have to take it one step at a time, you know. Um, don't let one failing grade get you down. Just, you know, take it as a chance to give you a boost and make you a stronger person because you will overcome it and you will move past it because it's just a grade and it doesn't define who you are because you you are much more than just a number. Absolutely. And I know you said when we you sent me your little questionnaire, you put, it's okay to cry. Okay. Yes, it is. It's totally, <laughs> it's absolutely okay to cry. Boy, you're like, I'll crawl under the covers. It's fine. Do it. Do what you need to do because you're going to make you feel better. Do you remember a time in dental hygiene school where you just shut down and cried? I mean, oh my gosh. I, um, yeah, I mean, I did face some ableism, which is discrimination with a, a professor. I just kind of like sat down and just didn't know what to do with myself. And I mean, it does happen and you can stand up for, for yourself, but in the end, it's okay to wear your heart on your sleeve because, you know, crying doesn't make you any less than other person doesn't make you any less of a hygiene student. It doesn't make you any less. There, there's a lot of times I've cried, and I, 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 I don't even know. Like, if I could pick one specific thing, it's really hard to pick one. I just remember, for me, I had a midterm in preclinic my first semester, and I used the wrong end of the instrument, and so I failed the midterm. And I don't know what it was about that particular moment, but that was enough. I just lost it. <laughs> like, I, you know, you start to have all of those doubts. I thought, I can't even choose the right end. There's only two ends. It's a 50% chance that you get it right. How am I supposed to be a hygienist if I can't even do this? And so those self-doubts, they creep in and it's very hard to overcome them. But you look at all the hygienists who have been successful and who continue to graduate and be successful. And I think that your testament to your story and you know, what you've been through, I think is really motivating and shows that we can all, we can all do this. We just have to get ourselves out there and go for it. Right. Yes. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I, um, I did fail my board exam and this, that was probably the hardest position I've been in because it was a good patient for some reason. It will never happen. I mean, it's going to happen to everybody. And yeah, I failed. I failed my clinical board exam. I gambled to retake the board exam a week later. I kind of saw a patient from a, a first year student and paid her a lot of money. I picked her up from her house, drove her to the school where I was taking the cash. I was catching her, like, every, you know, 10 minutes, making sure that she was there, still in the building, still, you know, I was just, like, making sure all of this was happening. And then, you know, I took my, you know, clinical board again with her, and we finished. I felt really good about it, way better than I did the first time, and I passed. So 
it was just like one of those things where you felt like you were a huge failure, that the career wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you end up bouncing back from it because a failed bureaucracy doesn't define who you are either. So you just pick up and move on and, you know, you pick with what you got and you can do it. Yeah. That's actually more common than I think people think that people fail the board exam, especially the, well, the clinical board exam, which is where you have to bring in a patient or you do it on a mannequin. And regardless of the circumstance, people fail both all of the time. And you're right. It doesn't define who you are as a hygienist. You're able to take it multiple times for a reason. There are always these things that are unforeseen. You know, sometimes a patient doesn't show up. Sometimes their calculus is more tenacious than you thought, or it was harder to access. And for a student who's fresh out of hygiene school or almost done with hygiene school, there's just a lot that you're up against. And so I think I should probably dedicate an episode just to the board exam because we all have have stories about that. And I know a lot of people who have had where they fail, but they, they end up coming back and passing. So I really appreciate you sharing that with me because I know that's really vulnerable and you're successful, right? You're, you're living your dream job. You've got it going on. It was one blip in your history and it exactly. didn't. Yeah. It's just one small thing that happens in your life and you can move on from it. So, and that's all that matters. Yeah, that is all that matters. That's great. Well, we're almost done with our time. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add or share um, for any future students? Like I said, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. Like she said, don't let it get you down. Yeah. You got this. I love it. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate everything that you shared with me. And I know the students will get a lot out of this information and we will post your nonprofit in the show notes so that if anyone listening is interested, they can go find your information there. And thank you for all you're doing for the dental hygiene profession and students. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me and I, you know, enjoy. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. If you enjoyed the content, I would love for you to subscribe to our show with whatever venue that you're listening on. I would also love it if you could leave us a review as well, and that will just help us get the word out there so that we can support more future dental hygienists like yourself. Have a great day.